HHW Show podcast returns January 5th with a new season, Road to the Royal Rumble. Hector, Frank, Jason, Ovi will be on the set with the latest news and takeaways. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and you can listen wherever you listen to your favorite podcast app. What's going on? We are here. This is the Posting Up Podcast on a Tuesday, wonderful Tuesday. I am here with Sean, Scanlon, and Big Jace. Isaiah will be joining us shortly. Uh, boys, how are we doing today? Good. Hey, okay. Yeah, so uh, like I say, every every beginning of the week, we had a great weekend of basketball. I mean, every weekend is a great weekend of basketball, in my opinion. Um Still some COVID cancellations uh, going on. Wizards are having a bit of trouble right now, but uh, we'll stray away from that for the moment. Uh, I wanted to first get into, kind of has to do with the COVID cancellations. Um, I want to know what your guys' opinion on, it, it, what's one team in this league you think can least afford a setback, whether it be a major injury, a player gets suspended for a long amount of time, or maybe like a a serious COVID um, outbreak within the team where they, they as a full can't stop, can't play or don't have enough star players to play and they lose some games. Uh, Sean, which team do you think uh, is less susceptible to a, uh, to a setback this season? Um, yeah, the team I picked was uh, the Blazers out of the West and um, the, it's actually already starting to happen to them with the CJ McCollum injury. Obviously he, uh, he broke his foot and he's going to be out for uh, at least a month. And then obviously they lose their big man um, earlier last week and, and Joseph Nurkic, he, he broke his wrist and he's out for at least two months. So uh, I, I just don't think Dame is good enough, um, you know, to carry the the pieces that he has around him to the playoffs. Um, if, if they're going to have these guys out for extended period of time, because um, I think Dame is a great player, but I just don't think they have the pieces um, to do it. So I think that it's the, the McCollum and Nurkic injuries are really going to hurt this team. And I, I think that we're going to see that c- to continue to develop. I think the Blazers um, are going to start to lose a lot of games uh, over the stretch here. And I'm sure Dame will be dropping 35 or even close to 40 a night um, without, you know, his his prime playmaker and CJ McCollum, who was actually, you know, second in the league in scoring. So this will be a huge detriment to their offense, I think. But uh, I, th- I think the Blazers are definitely going to hurt uh, without Nurkic and McCollum. Uh, I mean, Nurkic, I mean, this dude can't catch a break with these injuries, I, I swear. I mean, uh, Jace, who do you got for this? Um, Right now, I, I think Miami is the can't, – can't afford anything right now, any real slip-up because they're struggling out the gates. And if they want to get back to the top – I mean, the Eastern Conference is rough, a lot tougher now than it was in the bubble – with this Brooklyn Nets team. So if they want to – I mean, because eventually when it comes down playoff time, seeding is going to matter. And these while, – while it's early in the season, these games are going to – might mean something when it comes to playing a tough team in the playoffs. So right now I got Miami. They, they're struggling. If they, can, if they can't – if they end up losing someone, I mean, God forbid just Jimmy Butler – or even one of their key role players that they're they're going to continue their struggles, and if they want to get back to the finals, they can't afford any setbacks right now. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great one. I think the Miami's a team where they kind of need everyone to be on their game to be successful, and obviously, like you said, Jake, that hasn't happened so far. So the last thing they need is a major injury. Um, I'm gonna go with the a team that already has some setbacks and, you know, really doesn't need another one. And they kind of proved this last season. So I'm going to go again. I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors. 
Um, they're a team right now who has a serious, serious talent problem. Uh, Stephen Curry, obviously, is still a top player in this league, but he's playing there with guys that aren't playing that well. Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins are starting to turn things around, but they started the season very poorly. Uh, Draymond Green obviously can only do so much defensively. He's not that much of an offensive weapon. And then the rookie James Wiseman has shown potential, but also played a little bit sloppy here in the beginning. So I think if something were to happen to Steph Curry or even one of those role players, the Warriors would just end up looking worse than they do right now. And the team hoping to kind of make a return to the playoffs and, you know, prove that with their setbacks currently. Uh, welcome, welcome, Isaiah. How you doing? It's good, it's good, y'all. Sorry, all right. it's all good. A little bit of New York traffic. <laughs> so, anyways, wrapping up that thought, I think, um, I think the Warriors, yeah, they, if they lose a, a Steph Curry or even a Kelly Oubre or an Andrew Wiggins, it can be downhill fast for them. Um, Isaiah, we're just talking about right now a team you think would uh, be least susceptible to a uh, setback. I said the Warriors. Jace said the Heat. Sean. Um, said oh crap who did sean sean who did you say oh the blazers oh the bla- the trailblazers that's right i'm sorry uh you got anyone in mind for this this actually um the nets in my i think the nets actually um i think when you look at the nets durant has to do a lot for them to win they don't play really good defense at all if durant were to go down with an injury because of that workload that he's been facing re- recently that team would be in trouble they don't play defense as it is you can't get Kyrie back. And then you add James Harden, who, yeah, he adds offense, but he doesn't add much on the defensive side where you already lack it. I think that team, if they were to lose Kevin Durant, that would be completely devastating for them. Yeah, and Kevin Durant's someone who um, I think is playing very good basketball at this point of the season, um, especially coming off an injury, like the serious injury he faced a couple seasons ago. He missed a full season of play. Um, those are all good picks, guys. I think, I think that all those teams – are teams that you know aren't really solidified yet, and the last thing they need is a setback. So, so those are some good picks. Uh, we'll get into a game break shortly here, but first we're going to get you a message from Clovercrest Media. Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. All right, so we got some national, nationally televised games tomorrow. We have the Celtics versus the 76ers and the Suns versus the Rockets. Um, I want to talk first about that uh, Celtics-Sixers game. The Celtics are a team who have been facing severe, severe uh, COVID issues early on. Um, and the 76ers obviously faced them uh, a little earlier. They still have some players out due to contact tracing, um, but they've been able to keep winning. Uh, I know they lost their first few games, but they've gotten their stars back, and they've been able to win some games. Celtics, surprisingly, are still at the top of the Eastern Conference. These are two teams, top three in the East. Um, Isaiah, are you looking for anything particular during this match? Um, I'm Hoping the Celtics bounce back after that uh, abysmal performance they put on over the weekend against the Knicks. But oh, wasn't that horrible? Oh my god! Uh, for who? I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed every moment of it. Uh, no, um, yeah, I think those are two teams that actually need to uh, get it going. I'm not sure if Joel Embiid is going to be healthy for this game. I believe he had some type of knee issues I saw or something like that. I'm not yeah. sure. They had said, I, I think I read somewhere they're, they're going to try to get them for uh, healthy for that game. Yeah, but I think both these teams are two teams that need to get back to the winning ways and they need to do it fast because uh, other teams in this league are actually starting as, you know, teams in the bottom are actually starting to pick it up and they're starting to get going. So I think these two teams definitely need to get going. Yeah. Uh, Sean, is this is this an important win or a win the Sixers should try to get, especially while the Celtics are – kind of down and dealing with COVID issues, obviously without uh, Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum? 
I think it is. Um, obviously, every win against a team in your uh, not just your conference, but your division, obviously a rival. I think those are huge wins, uh, especially early in the season. And uh, also, I mean, just over the past couple of seasons, the Celtics have had the Sixers number, uh, especially in the playoffs. So uh, I'm sure some of these Sixers players like uh, Simmons and MB that have been there for a couple of years now, uh, I'm sure they're pretty pissed off and uh, tired of losing the Celtics. So I, I think these games uh, probably mean a lot to those two. So uh, I'm sure we're going to see an exciting game tonight. I'm definitely looking forward to watching it. But uh, it, it's going to be an important game for the Sixers, I think. Uh, obviously, if they win, they they get a chance to step in the number one seed and then uh, just try and keep stacking wins on top of that. But uh, these, te- these two teams don't like each other. Um, I know that for a fact, just watching them the past couple of years. So uh, definitely going to be entertaining. But uh, uh, I think uh, it's, it's a huge game for both of them. Uh, winning games in your conference is huge, uh, especially – early in the season so uh, a big game and i'm definitely gonna be looking forward to watching it yeah i agree uh we had steve on on saturday in place of isaiah and he had mentioned ben simmons was the number one pick but he um he's scoring 12 and a half points a game and that just doesn't cut it for him and i agree as a sixers fan i think ben simmons should be high teens low 20s for scoring uh, for a number one pick who's a playmaker and a great finisher like ben simmons is Jace, um, is it important for Ben Simmons to kind of turn things around sooner than later for these for the Sixers team? Yeah, I I, I think so. I mean, uh, it, it I, I don't necessarily think that sooner than later. I think they just really need a solid wing, a solid shooter. Um, if Ben Simmons, they just need someone to compliment Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid because uh. They're just not getting it done from range, and in this league, where uh, people a lot of people say how guard dominant it is, how uh, three point based it is. Uh, I mean, you need a solid shooter, a solid person to rely on when you need that three. So I, I don't think it's really Ben Simmons's fault. I, I think they just need they're missing that one piece. Yeah, no, I agree. You can't. You know, they have Tobias Harris, who, don't get me wrong, is a very good basketball player, but you can't rely on him to be that third um, sharpshooter option because that's just not what he is. I think one of the biggest mistakes for the Sixers team was letting J.J. Redick walk a few seasons ago. Uh, He was huge for them. I mean, he was just that guy. You know, he shoots high or mid-40% from three-point range. He's one of the, the most consistent shooters in the game today, still to this day, for the Pelicans. I just think that was a huge loss for them, and uh, I agree with I agree with Sean. I think the Sixers gotta gotta take advantage of a of a beat down Celtics team. Uh, Thursday, we have kind of two interesting matchups. The first one is is a matchup of championship favorites, obviously, Lakers versus the Bucks. Um, two teams who are playing very good basketball right now, but the Bucks did lose last night to the Nets without Kyrie Irving. Given you know. KD and James Harden played. That's a very good team, even without Kyrie Irving. Um, Sean, do you think that this is an important matchup early on? I mean, it's two championship favorites. Say say they were to meet in the championship. Would this game have any impact on that, or is it just kind of a first-look kind of thing? Um, I, I think it's um, obviously a first look, first time they're playing this season. But I do think it's important for Giannis. Um, obviously, there's there's been the doubters. Um, about him just, you know, being able to finish late in games, you know, if he has a shot. And the free throws have been a problem this season, too. I know a couple of nights ago he went 1-10 of 10 from the free throw line. So I think Giannis, um, even after being back-to-back MVP, I, I still think he has something to prove. Um, obviously, you know, not getting it done in the playoffs, not making it um, too far and getting bounced early. Uh, I think that there's going to be some huge expectations on him. So he, he wants to go out against the, you know, two of the best players in the league in the, the reigning champions with AD and LeBron. I think he wants to go out and make a statement. Um, obviously these games were fun to watch last year between the Lakers and the Bucks. Um, so I, I'm definitely looking forward to this one, but I, I think the Bucks want to make a statement here. I, I think Giannis is, um, is hungry again for, you know, to make a championship run. And it starts with beating, you know, some of the better teams in the league, like the Lakers. So, um, I, I think it's a, a very important matchup for the Bucks and, um, we'll, we'll see how it goes on a Thursday night. Yeah. Um, so Isaiah, I have kind of a, I'm going to hit you with a hard question here. Um, do you think Giannis has overtaken LeBron as the face of the league? No. Is that crazy talk? That's complete crazy talk. He just won a championship. Why is that even a question? <laughs> How is that even a question? You put LeBron on any team and it's guaranteed a 
playoff playoff position, guaranteed, no matter what team he's on. You can't say the same for Giannis. He still has so much of his game to develop that LeBron has he's surpassed him in so many ways. It's not even funny. I, I can't. Even, it's not even close. Please do not ever ask me that question. <laughs> hey, you know I'm trying to get you riled up here. Um, Please don't ask me that question. No, LeBron is still the best player in the league. Because a lot of people last season said that LeBron, you know, should have been the MVP over Giannis, and I'm I'm one of those people that thinks that. I mean. LeBron as a as a as a point forward kind of you know he plays both positions he led the league in assists and that's something it's not easy to do once you're getting up towards LeBron's age but obviously he is a a different animal um and keep take keeps very well tabs on his body and, and takes very very good care of himself uh Jace do you have any thoughts on this matchup anything you're looking for in particular uh I mean I expect the Lakers to do what they're doing. I mean, they're the reigning champs to be the best. You got to beat the best. And uh, the best right now is the Lakers. And I don't see Giannis, even though he's the reigning MVP, I don't see him stopping uh, James and Davis at all. So you think the Lakers are still miles ahead of where the Bucks are? Yeah, I mean, the only team in the East that can compete with the Lakers now is the Nets. Plain and simple. I I don't think. Really? Wow. The West is so strong. I think the Lakers have a harder time getting out of the West than they do against even like the Nets or the the Bucks. Isaiah, you made a face there. You got any thoughts on what Jace was saying? I feel like one trade happens and we completely forget about Miami. Like they just don't exist anymore. <laughs> like they just didn't play in, you know, the championship last year. That's still something to account for. I think they're still a pretty good team. I, and I think the Nets are still a work in progress. We don't know what's going to happen when Kyrie gets back on the court. We don't know how they're going to play together. Well, that's great, Zay. I mean, if you were on time, you would have heard me talk about Miami earlier. When I was saying they can't, they're already doing really, really bad. Uh, they're not show. They have a little bit of a finals hangover. So I mean, I think the Nets are the team to beat. That's a super team, and they're the t- and that there's a reason why they're competing for the top of the East right now. How many super teams win in their first year? That's true. I can't remember the last time. I remember. Uh... Um, Miami super team, they didn't win in their first But who's going to compete? Who can compete with that out in the East? Who can compete with that uh, super team in the East? If I would, it were in the I would, West, I would throw the Celtics in there, the Nets and the Celtics. Healthy teams? I'm pretty sure that the Celtics healthy can compete. May, I, I'm, I kind of believe in the Sixers this year, too. I, I know Lucas likes that, but I I I know Ben Simmons scoring is down and, and stuff like that. But uh, and I know that they they should add other shooters, but they do have some decent shooters that they added uh, in the offseason with Danny Green and Seth Curry. And uh, you know Seth Curry is really one of the best three point shooters in the league if you look at just you know pure numbers and averages. But um, I, I don't know. I and then Tobias Harris is playing great, so I think that the Sixers, you know, if they keep it together, obviously they've. They've shown that they they've blown it up sometime in the playoffs, but uh, I I actually believe the Sixers more this year than I have in the past. So I I think at the top of the East there there's some teams that can contend with the the Lakers, but I do agree that no. the East as a whole isn't. Um, the the Nets hard. can't hang on to games. They literally almost blew it against the Knicks they, the other day. Yeah, but they, they beat the Bucks. Last night. They held on to beat the Bucks last night. Yeah, they 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 barely they barely holding on the game because they're terrible defensive. A, a win's a win against the Bucks. That one of the best teams. Let him score 123 points. You're terribly defensive. Yep. Once they get Kyrie though, they're going to be putting up probably 135. Bad luck. It's just it's going to take one bad one bad game and. It, <laughs> Oh my God! That I, I agree that I agree. I think they'll definitely have nights where they give up one thirty or maybe even one forty and lose the game. But I, I think that there's just going to be more nights where they end up scoring a lot more than their opponents because if you have three three players like Kyrie, we already saw it with Harden and KD. Their offense is dynamic already with them too. You add Kyrie to the mix, and then you have open wide open shooting lanes for shooters like Joe Harris and Landry Shamit. Um, I, I think this offense is going to be really good. That's a bad situation. If you want to run for a championship, you don't want to have to try to outscore every team. Every Every game that doesn't last forever, you're gonna run uh, it. Yeah. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see and how it works out. Your bench. You traded me, don't let's not forget you traded away your bench. That's not that's a good point. It's fair. 
That's true. And, um, you know, that, that kind of – I'm glad you, you guys got going about the Nets there because that kind of segues us right into our next topic here. Kyrie Irving is coming back hopefully on a Wednesday. I say hopefully, you know, just for health-wise. Um, so Kevin Durant and James Harden, these two games, two or three – I can't remember. It's been two or three games. Uh, they've looked terrific together. I mean – they gain their chemistry back within the snap of a finger. I mean, they've looked amazing. Uh, I mean, I know you guys say defensively they're a bad team, but on the offensive end, James Harden and Kevin Durant are clicking. Do you think – I'll start with um, I'll start with you, Jace. Do you think Kyrie Irving coming back can kind of disrupt this kind of good chemistry the Nets have going over these first two games of the Harden era? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what Kyrie is coming back. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Kyrie right now. I mean, James Harden has shown he wants to play. I mean, James Harden, we all joke for how uh, how much of a belly he had when he came back. But, I mean, this dude didn't have to go through conditioning to take time off. That's why Kyrie was – Missing the game because he needed COVID conditioning. Where was that with James Harden? I mean, the, he's coming to play. Kyrie, he needs to come to play because if he does, this team's for real. I, I thought James Harden was going to be the issue, but right now it, it's seeming like Kyrie. I mean, yeah, it seemed like it took one quarter for Kevin Durant and James Harden to start clicking together. So they've looked very good. Um Isaiah, what have you thought of the Nets, the new look Nets so far uh, in their two games? Same story. Everything is good until you start losing. That's how it is with every team, every superstar team. Everything is good until you start losing and people start pointing the finger. And then you start wondering if the team chemistry is going to last. And that's when the issues come. So right now they look great, obviously, because, you know, you have two of the best scorers in the game. You shouldn't lose games. It's going to be when Kyrie comes back, if they can share the ball properly, continue to outscore other teams and play defense and win games. Because the minute they start losing, I'm pretty sure Kyrie's going to act out. You're talking about a man who thinks the earth is flat. And, you know, he left Cleveland to be the man. Then he went to Boston to ruin that team. This guy is known for, you know, you know, disrupting team chemistry. So to say anything other than this team is, Good and good for now while they're winning is is basically crazy talk. And this uh, team, you know, oh, yeah. until they, they lose, we won't see it. We won't really know what this team is. I agree, uh, Sean. I, my question for you is, you know, as good as the Nets look right now, like like uh, Isaiah says, once you start losing, you start losing, and that's when the finger pointing starts. And it seems like the first person to point fingers realistically it would be Kyrie Irving. Um, do you think Kyrie can kind of change his ways and be more of a team player? Do you think he's kind of stuck in that mental state where he's like, I'm above everyone and I'm, I'm above criticism. So I'm going to point the finger. I'm going to say what I think, uh, whatever's on my mind. And do you think he'll be detrimental to this team in the end? Um, I, I think that's just the way Kyrie thinks. Obviously he's, he's more of a self-centered person. Uh, he, you know, he's kind of selfish in a way, but, um, I, I don't know because I don't think he's really going to mess up the chemistry. Um, obviously, Harden and KD, they're two of the best scorers that we've ever seen in the NBA. And, you know, they're going to figure out how to how to gel together. Also, they've they played with each other. It was a long time ago, but they, you know, they have the previous experience. But I don't think Kyrie's going to necessarily, um, you know, mess up the chemistry of the team. But he does bring a little tox, toxicity to the locker room, though, obviously. Um, <laughs> what? A little? <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, I mean – I don't know what I think if if this team's you know if the offense works out I, I don't think it's going to matter really um obviously what the other other things are going off they're losing or not um I think Kyrie you know he will get upset if they if they're starting to lose games but I just don't see that being the case I, I think this offense is way too potent um for other defenses you know to try and stop I think it's going to be you know a well-oiled oiled machine I, I think that you know they're really going to get it going once they get Kyrie back um, I, I had my questions, obviously, um, you know, before we saw, saw Harden and KD, but the way that I saw them gel together, um, I, I think, you know, they might have some some differences uh, 
in the locker room or when, you know, they're calling up the play for the, who, who's getting the last shot. But I, I think when it comes down to it for the majority of the game, um, you know, they'll be better on offense than probably any other team in the league. And it, it's going to be tough to stop. So I think obviously there's going to be some differences in the locker room with, you know, those type of personalities. But I think at the end of the day, if they're winning games, which I think they will be, um, I, I think the Nets will be fine uh, moving forward. Yeah, you know, on Saturday's show, we all kind of talked about we thought this this the start to the Harden era in Brooklyn would be slow. You know, we we all thought that it would take a while for them to click. Obviously, we haven't seen Kyrie Irving factor into this, but so far they look good. I mean, they're scoring the ball, they're they're facilitating, especially James Harden's done a great job play making plays and stuff for this Nets team. Um Jace, I wanted to ask you: Are you are you surprised at how quickly this Nets team is clicking, or do you think it's just kind of a kind of a honeymoon phase sort of thing? And when Kyrie comes back, it's going to be the whole process is basically going to restart. No, uh, I mean Kyrie is going to be an interesting variable, but I, I really think a big thing with this trade that uh, not a lot of people are talking about is the loss of Jared Allen. And DeAndre uh, Jordan needs to really step up if this team needs to succeed. I mean, they need someone to dominate the boards. Kevin Durant has not been rebounding well early in this season. Um, he, he he needs to be averaging at least 10 boards a game. And, uh, I mean, and a big, big loss with Jared Allen. I mean, defensively, as well it, with Jared Allen's block shots. They're just losing that size. I mean, honestly, I would like to see Durant take control and more like a Giannis or like a a, a LeBron where he, he isn't just a shooting. He doesn't play all, all from the perimeter. If he can get down and guard some of those guys in the post, uh, I, I think he will be – a big, big asset and mesh well with uh, Harden and Kyrie in the backcourt. Yeah, you know, um, you bring up DeAndre Jordan needing to step up. If he could flash this game back to five years ago, I mean, I'm looking I'm looking right now at his stats. He averaged – scoring doesn't matter, but he averaged 11 points a game. But he got 15 rebounds a game, and uh, that's 10 defensive. And he, he grabbed almost five offensive rebounds a game, which is ridiculous. And then he averaged two blocks a game, and he also obviously shot 71% from the field. So having someone like that in your lineup, I, I kind of think getting rid of Jared Allen was a mistake, although they might not had might not have had much of a choice in that department. But uh, Jared Allen definitely is a huge, huge loss for this Nets team. Um, with that being said, we're going to get into our second game break momentarily, but we're going to get another message from Clovercrest Media. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. All right. So many great podcasts here on Clovercrest. I'll say that straight up. Um, so getting into kind of like a little injury report here, we mentioned earlier in the show, CJ McCollum is going to miss up to a month, which is horrible, horrible news for that, uh, that, um, trailblazers team. Sean, I know I heard what you had to say, Isaiah, how big of an impact for Portland is this, uh, missing obviously one of the, the best scores so far in the league. I think it's a huge impact. I mean, like you said, he's one of the best scores in the league, him and Lillard, you know, those two are a dynamic duo, and to not have them two together puts a lot more on Lillard at this point, you know. But it's early in the year still. You hope that um, maybe they could weather the storm until he comes back. But it's, it's going to be a huge blow. I mean, I don't get a chance to watch much Portland games because they <laughs> play at 1030. But I, I'm, from what I know, they those two not being together, from what I see, those two are really the team. So for one of them to be missing, it's going to, you know, like I said, it's going to hurt the team offensively. And I, I don't know, defensively, like I said, I don't watch much Portland basketball. No, you're, you're 100% right. I think that's a huge loss for them. Um, another team 
Losing a starter is the Indiana Pacers with Miles Turner. Uh, I don't think he's has as big of an impact on that team, but with Karis LeVert being injured, them dumping out Oladipo. Um, Sean, do you do you think this is as big of a blow to the Pacers as as I do? Uh, especially with them having players out, like obviously Oladipo is not playing for them anymore, and Karis LeVert. Uh, them finding a problem with him during his physical. Yeah, um, I think it's I think it's a big loss. I don't think it's you know like a tremendous loss that's really gonna um, gonna hurt them. But it is a big loss. Miles Turner is obviously a big man. Um, he leads the league in blocks right now with I, I think it's close to four a game, which is you know obviously a great number. But he does so much more. He you know he rebounds. He uh, <clears throat> excuse me. He stretches the floor. He, you know he could he could uh, shoot the three pointers. So. I think he does a lot for the Indiana team that, um, you know, might not get noticed. But, uh, uh, you know, he does a lot of little things for this team. But uh, luckily, the Pacers still have DeMontis Sabonis. He's not he's not a center, but he's still a big man, a power forward. So, you know, he could uh, he could still hold down the post and get get scoring done in there and get some rebounds and stop the team's, uh, you know, opposing best center. But I, I do think it will hurt them for a little bit. Uh, you know, you just get. Uh, so much versatility with Miles Turner. He's obviously a big man, but he does so much more. Um, does a lot of the dirty work. So I think it hurts the Pacers, but I I, I don't think it will um you know really keep them out of that top four seed in the East. I think they'll still be able to continue to win games. Um, you know, obviously with guys like Brogdon and uh, Sabonis. Yeah, yeah, uh, I 100% agree. Um, Jace. So we had mentioned earlier, Kyrie and Jason Tatum are out against the Sixers tomorrow night. Um. How different of a team is the Celtics without Jason Tatum? And um, who, who do they really have to lean on for scoring without, especially with these two out? Obviously, Jalen Brown is a big yeah. factor, but uh, but you know he can't score forty-five points a game. So. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, uh, it, it, this is where Boston is going to struggle. The, those are two key guys. I mean, they don't have Hayward anymore. They really need. Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart to really step up. Uh, and, I mean, they really struggle inside. So I, I think Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are going to have a day. Um, with these two out, I mean, they, they can't hold up to scoring. And, I mean, the, the Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are going to get their points. And they don't have those two to get their points. So it's going to be a rough day for the Sixers without those two. I think uh, Ben Simmons – or not Ben Simmons, I'm sorry. Joel Embiid is going to have a field day. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Posting up down low, banging down with those uh, short Celtic centers and Tice and Thompson. Obviously, Thompson's a better defender than Tice, but uh, he doesn't start. So I think Embiid is going to have a – I'm gonna predict he gets uh, another forty-point game, but that's just me being biased. Here, <laughs> what do I know? I would be surprised. Uh, it, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Really not. If, if, if you watch the way they struggled against uh, Mitchell Robinson the other day and and, and Randall, they they look terrible against them too. And the only, I mean, Peyton Pritchard had a pretty bad game. Also, that whole team needs to step it up this this game. They need to turn or figure it out. They really can't afford to lose games like this, even with people out for COVID reasons. Yeah, surely it would be a huge Part win of- for it would be a huge win for Boston if the Celtics were or the Sixers were to lose this game. It'd be it'd be embarrassing, but um, I think it's it's an equally big game for both teams. Obviously, the Sixers shouldn't lose to a depleted Celtics team, but if the Celtics can somehow claw into that one and win, uh, that'd be that'd be pretty pretty impressive. Uh, we talked about Kyrie Irving, uh, the possibility of him coming back for tomorrow's game against Cleveland. We got into all that stuff. So without further ado, we'll get into our final topic here. Uh, I hope you boys did your research. Uh, oh, I asked y'all to compile a top five list. Uh, me and Jace are talking about ours before uh, we got on air here. I think the way we're going to do this, we're each going to go around. We'll start five. We'll each say our five. Then we'll go to four. We'll each say our four, and so on. Um, Jace, why don't you start here? I I, I want to hear your number five. Who you got and why? Uh, I mean, number five. I I gotta go. Steph Curry. He's the best guard in the game right now. Um, but but he's number five. I mean, th- they're struggling. 
the Golden State Warriors are, but not Steph Curry. I mean, uh, it, it was a struggle here for between him and Lillard for me, but I, I gave the nod to Steph Curry. Who, who was your number five, Sean? My number five is going to be uh, Giannis. Uh, Steph actually just missed my top five. I, I really wanted to put him in, but he, he was at my number six. But I have the <clears throat> back-to-back MVP, Giannis, is number five. Um, obviously, he's just a force down low. Um, he, he's so good at, at driving to the rack. Um, obviously, he's a rebounder. He's getting better at passing every single year. And then defensively, he's just dominant. Um, I, the only reason I have him at number five is because I, I think he needs to prove it more in the playoffs. Obviously he needs to, you know, make the conference championship. And then on top of that, make it to the finals and maybe even win a ring. Uh, that's the only thing holding them back. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but that's the only thing holding them back right now, I, th- I think is the playoff success. So once he gets that done, he'll move, start to move up and up the list. But as of right now, I have uh, the Greek freak at number five. Um, so Isaiah, who do you have at uh, number five? This is weird. I actually got Zion at number five right now. Oh, wow. oh. Kid's a freak. I think he's a star on the rise, and I think you know he's not getting the attention that he, he think he needs more attention. I don't think he's getting the attention he he deserves. I think he needs more. I think he needs to be playing more prime time games because the boy is balling down there, bro. He has a prime time game tonight. Well, needs more. <laughs> he does. I I agree. The Pelicans definitely need some more spotlight down there with the young talent they have against my Jazz. They're playing. Right. <laughs> Uh, my number five, um, Jace, Jace did mention that it was between these two for his top five, but I'm going to put Damian Lillard ahead of Steph Curry uh, only because of the workload. I mean, I know Curry has a big workload, but I think Lillard has even less help in Portland. And for him to go out there every night and you know try his best and score 28 a game, I think, I think that's really impressive for me. And he's an excellent playmaker. He's one of the best deep shot shooters in the league. Um, so that's why I have Damian Lillard at my number five. I think he's just a workhorse and he, he works for it. Uh, Jace, why don't you, we'll go in the same order. Jace, why don't you get us started with your number four? I, for my number four, I, I, I got someone who I, I think in when it gets down the road in the season, will be a real competitor at the MVP slot and for, for the MVP. And I think that's Nikolai Jokic. Dude's fourth in steals. He's got he's got a fifty eight percent field goal percentage. Uh, shooting thirty eight point six from three, the and then obviously leading the leading the league in assists with ten per game. I mean, a center to do this is insane. Uh, he he just really needs uh, Murray to step up so this team can compete for the finals because I really like this Nuggets team and the Joker is a beast. Who you got at number four, Sean? Uh, I'm going to go with the claw, Kawhi Leonard at number four. Um, obviously, I think he he's the best on-ball defender in the league. Um, obviously, he's dominant at that. Uh, his scoring's a little bit down this year, but uh, I mean, also Paul George is having a career year shooting it um, and scoring, obviously. So I'm not too worried about that. I think it will go up as the season goes on. But uh, he I, he obviously does it all for the team. Um, you know, he guards their best player. He he's putting up 25 a night, and then he'll also dish out six assists and give you some boards. So I think Kawhi just uh, he's a tremendous player. Does so much for the team. I think the Clippers have a better shot this year. Um, to make a push in the the Western Conference, I think they they've had a really good start to the year. But um, obviously, and Kawhi, just look at his, his whole resume as a career, um, you know, two finals MVPs with two different teams. Um, so I, I think Kawhi is definitely still in that top five. And uh, I, I'd have to put the claw at number four. Um, who are you going with here, Isaiah? <laughs> My list is just going to be a really, really shiny list of nice toys. Uh, number four, actually, I got uh, Giannis, actually. Well, he is, I, well, he is the you know, the reigning MVP, he is number four, but I still think he needs to improve his jump shot. I think once he improves that, he'll move up further on my list. But right now, right now, as it stands, he's number four for me. Yeah, um, I was talking to Jace beforehand. I'll do a little spoiler here. Giannis isn't on my list. I think that might be a little, little crazy to say, but I think he needs to be doing more, especially with his jump shot. Uh, he's been shooting horrible free throw percentage wise. Uh, he obviously can't really shoot anything outside of the paint area. And he's scoring 27. He's grabbing 10 boards. I think he needs to grab more boards, and I think he needs to score more points. Uh, just solely based on the fact that I think he needs to do more, he's not on my list. 
But my number four is I actually made just a flip-flop right now. I swapped these two two positions. Uh, I have Joel Embiid at my number four. Um, obviously, Ooh. yeah, he plays he plays for my team right now. He's been playing <laughs> great. Uh, twenty five points, eleven rebounds. Uh, he's doing a block and a half, a steal and a half per game. Shooting well from the field, fifty four percent from the field. Uh, same as Jokic. Uh, I think I think if he continues this this run he's been on, he's playing great defense too. Uh, he can lead the Sixers to some places they want to go. Uh, so, Jace, why don't you hit us with your number three? Can't pick people off your team. <laughs> my, my number three is uh, also. I mean, I, I, I part of me wanted to put Donovan Mitchell somewhere on my list, <laughs> but I, I, I had to look past it and I had to tough it out. But uh, I got Giannis here at number three. I mean. Dude's a beast. He's still getting it done. I mean, he's not putting up like crazy, crazy numbers, but still his field goals uh, is up. I mean, his three-point field goals is also up from his average. So he's shooting 30%, which is a career best. Uh, I mean, he's and he's a career best in field goals. So he's doing really, really good right now this early in the season. So uh, I got Giannis at number three. What about you, Sean? Uh, number three, I'm going to go with AD, uh, Anthony Davis. I think uh, he's such a versatile big man. He really does it all. He, he has the shot, um, and, and no one can guard his shot. He can get it off against uh, anyone, and he also does a uh, rebounding. But he, he could also guard on the defensive side of the ball, um, probably one through five, honestly. He can guard point guards up through centers. Um, he's got the footwork and the versatility to do it. Also, he, he's a great shot blocker. And um, I, I think uh, Anthony Davis is just so unique. I think we really haven't seen any players like him uh, really anywhere in, the, in NBA's history. Uh, I think a player, um, you know, of that that size and that length that can get shots off of anyone and, you know, and can make them too. He, he's a great shot maker. So I think Anthony Davis is just so unique. I, I think he's a great player. Obviously, he gets his first championship last year. And uh, I, I think that's only the start for Anthony Davis. I, I really think he's going to get going in the next couple of years and solidify himself as uh you know, probably the face of the NBA once uh, Kevin Durant and LeBron move on. But uh, I, I like AD a lot, and I have him at uh, my number three right now. So, uh, Zay, who do you got for uh, number Trey? Number three for me has got to be Kevin Durant. Comeback player of the year in my eyes right now. He's scoring at an incredible rate. He's keeping his team in games and winning games because basically anytime he sits on the bench, they're losing. So for me, he's number three. I can't put him higher right now because the two people I have ahead of him, I still think are better than him currently. So for me, it's Kevin Durant. Sweet. I got at my number three, I have Mr. Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. He's averaging 27 points a game, nearly 10 rebounds, nine and a half assists. He's shooting not so great, 44% from the field, but He's improving. Uh, he still has work to be done on the defensive end, but I think his importance to his team, for me, is what did it. I think the Dallas Mavericks are bottom of the league if they don't have Luka Doncic. I think he makes that big of a difference. Um, so that's why I got him at my number three spot. Jace, who do you got top two time? Who do you got at number two? Number two, I mean, Zay's just – Taking my guys off one by one is before I get to him. Uh, I got Kevin Durant here. He, he he wasn't really dethroned from his championship run with uh, Golden State because he got injured, but uh, he's shooting better uh, uh, right now than he is than he did. He's averaging better now than he did with Golden State. I think he really likes it in Brooklyn. He's playing well. Um, honestly, I, I might have – I struggled to put Harden on this list, but uh, I said one per team, one person per team, and he is the man in Brooklyn. Sean, who's your number dose? Uh, it's actually Kevin Durant. I, we're going to talk about him three times in a row here, but I, I'll be quick with it. Uh, I think KD <laughs> – I think uh, I think he's really closing in on LeBron. Um, obviously, I didn't think he was going to have as good of a year starting off coming off the Achilles injury as he had, but he's been tremendous so far. Um, you know, dropping thirty-one, seven, and six. Uh, 
And in terms of assists, it's almost a career high, but he's also shooting 54 from the field and almost 50% from the three. So he does it super efficiently. He's getting players involved. And on top of that, he's doing what he does best in scoring. So um, I, I really think that he is closing that gap on LeBron uh, for that number one spot. I, I kind of gave him my, my pick there. I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think KD is getting really close. I think his couple of years in Golden State, he was close um, just because of the dominance he was having. But uh, I really think in the next couple of years, once LeBron uh, – you know, we're we're starting to see the scoring dip off a little bit for LeBron. So I think KD is really going to take over in the next couple of years, um, as long as he has dominance in Brooklyn, which I think he will. But, uh, yeah, I got the the Slim Reaper at my number two. Uh, who do you got there for number two? Well, my list is about to get ruined. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't have that rule Jace has. And number two, I got Anthony Davis because when LeBron's not on the court, Anthony Davis finds a way to hold the team down. And for the past – 15 whatever years LeBron's been in the league, no one has ever been really able to do that other than Dwayne Wade and Bosh. So for me, it has to be Anthony Davis at number two, his Robin to Batman. Yeah, uh, my number two, I got Jace's number four, Nikola Jokic, and that's who I swapped with Joel Embiid. I had Joel Embiid at two, but I thought that was a little too high. Jokic is literally averaging a triple-double. The guy is a monster. I mean, don't even get me started on his fantasy basketball numbers. <laughs> um, but he's shooting 57%, 58%, like Jay said, uh, nearly two steals per game. He's he's a little bit slow on the defensive end, but he gets out there with steals. He's a great facilitator. Um, he's a he's a he's a great scorer. He's just an out of this world center. I've never seen anything like him in my day. That's why I have him at my number two. It's time for the official number one, Jace. Who is your number one? I, I got LeBron. Uh, I mean, the king is the reigning champ. You got to dethrone the king, and no one has thus far. They're still atop the West. Uh, I mean, uh, I think Durant can take a can bring the next challenger outside the East, but uh, I don't know. He's gonna be be meeting the king in the finals, if you ask me. What about you, Sean? Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's, it's King James. He's number one. Um, I think you know KD is closing in. Obviously, his own teammate AD is closing in, but he's still the king. He he still sits on the throne. He's still number one player in the league. Um, obviously, like I said, scoring's a little down this year, but he does so much more. Um, probably one of the best passers we've ever seen in our lifetime. Um, obviously just bring that championship mentality and in the playoffs, he really turns it on, especially defensively. So, uh, we, we saw in the postseason last year, LeBron still, he's still got that switch to turn on the playoffs. So until I, until I see some regression in LeBron, uh, I can't put him anywhere, but number one. So yeah, the, the King is, uh, sitting on the throne still. How about you, Isaiah? Who's your uh, number one pick? Wasting our time. LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> he's still King. Not only is he, it's not because of, you know, he, he scores a lot or he rebounds a lot. It's the fact that LeBron, in all this time playing, he has learned how to evolve his game and continue to stay relevant in the game. And that, to me, is why he is number one. It's not because he's the highest scorer or the highest rebounder. It's because he continues to find ways to make himself a better player and make the players around him better, even in yeah. his late yeah, his late years. <laughs> That's a great point. Boy, oh, boy, am I nervous for this. <laughs> If you didn't pick LeBron, just sign out now. Oh, no. It's not LeBron. You know what? Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My number one is Kyrie. No, I'm joking. Um, (laughs) Number one is actually Kyrie Irving's teammate, Kevin Durant. I know that might sound crazy. I don't hate that. I think Kevin Durant coming off as serious of an injury as he did to be still top of the game, second in the league in scoring. And, you know, Bradley Beal's top of the league in scoring, but he doesn't count. He's the only one there. Kevin Durant has some playmakers and shooters on his team, and he's still averaging 30 points a game coming off that serious injury. So, you know what? Give it to me. Kevin Durant's my number one. And until LeBron James uh, starts scoring that rock a little more, I know his impact is significant, but. Give me Kevin Durant, man. We'll, keep, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll keep that workload on that Achilles. We'll see how he's to keep that workload up. Wait, did, did LeBron make your top five, Lucas? No, he no. didn't. He did. <laughs> oh, no. Disrespectful. 
I was waiting for someone to notice that. Hey, he's number uh, six, though. So, number six, <laughs> number six. Oh, jeez, crazy. <laughs> you think Lillard is better than that? Miami, bro, you crazy. You put Joel in front of LeBron. I mean, you could argue that that Durant's uh, ahead of LeBron because technically, yeah. no, you can't argue that. Technically, <laughs> LeBron didn't dethrone Durant. I'm gonna be I honest. Get that. I get that conversation. Let's be honest. But, Durant is just a product of the time. It's just how it goes. Just like Jordan had to good overcome the Pistons. It's just a product of the time because if he had to face him on the heat i don't know if durant would have got away with that golden state or not i don't know if he would have got away with that ring you know that was a have, i looked a, I looked a little too much into the into the just uh, the statistical realm of it lebron's right there man i i i don't see when when jay said that i put lillard ahead of lebron that kind of had me thinking like oh boy what did i do but um you know I'm not gonna back down now. I stand where I stand. <laughs> never went down. I like it. We'll never I'm watch. Sure, it. I'm sure by by season's end that'll change though, because LeBron's LeBron. He'll never watch the show. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Uh, so that was a fun way to end the show, guys. I really enjoyed that. Um, but that'll bring us to an end. We will be back on Saturday at 1 o'clock, as always. Uh, Tuesdays at 5 is our regular time. So without further ado, for Big Jace, King Zay, Sean Scanlon, and myself, Lucas Bulldog, this has been the Posting Up Podcast. Thanks you for watching. Crest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys yeah. to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. I crossed up by Kobe. Well, floated Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on. Fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Crest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere.